Thank you for listening to the Convergence House of Prayer podcast. Please enjoy this message by guest speaker, Pastor Samuel Duth. Awesome. Thank you so much. You guys can grab a seat. Good morning, church. How we doing? You guys feeling good? You can't not after some good worship. Come on. Man, the presence of God is here. And you know... Yeah, I always love to honor and and acknowledge so many that are in the room, but you can't begin a moment without acknowledging the one, the only Jesus Christ. His presence is here. His spirit is here. And and you know what? The Holy Spirit goes where he's invited. And there's a lot of churches where he the Holy Spirit has has passed over on a Sunday, and it's not because it's the Holy Spirit's choice. He is not often invited, not often welcomed, not often invited into, into a, a gathering, unfortunately. And, and God's presence is felt here, known here, and he has been invited. And he, he comes as a response to the people. He comes when the people gather, when two or more are gathered in his name, when, when there's a lean in. That, that's one of the things I love about the presence of God is he never fails to respond. He, there's a promise that you can, you can just be, you can go to the bank on this every single time that when you come close to God, he will come close to you. You know what I mean? That's one of the things I love about the presence of God. I never have to go to prayer. I never have to come into worship going, I wonder if God's going to show up today. I wonder if God's going to speak today. I wonder if God wants to heal today. I wonder if God wants to, to be in the presence of his people today. Every time we gather, he responds. Amen. So let's, let's thank Jesus one more time for his presence here. And uh, it's an absolute honor to get to hang with you guys and uh, just getting to know more uh, personally here your pastors, Pastor Greg and Wendy. What a, what a treat to uh, be in your house. It's, it's an honor, you know, anytime I get a chance to minister and encourage the, the kingdom of God in different various places. But always, always such an honor when anyone trusts you to come up here and minister to your people. And you guys have good shepherds. You have good leaders. You have good pastors. And... Um, such an honor. What, what a beautiful ministry you've built, and, and this city needs what you guys have. And uh, so it's so fun. Um, you know, I just, as I was praying last night, I just felt like God was, was wanting to speak. I just wanted to encourage you guys for a quick moment. I just felt like God say, open seas. And I, I just felt God was showing this interesting. The video had a lot of open sea kind of visuals, and I just think it kind of just goes along with that prophetic word. I just feel like God is... Is, is saying this is a season of open seas, it's an open heaven, it's an ask, you know, kind of a season, what is, what's in your heart to do, what has God given you, it may be seas as in this region, it could be overseas, I know there's some different mission work that you guys are doing, but I just felt like God was just wanting to, to remind you that his, his ear is attentive to your voice, and to ask, and to seek, and, and see what God will do, amen, amen, so open seas in the name of Jesus, let this city. Let this region, God, let the harvest of the uh, the souls of this region come forth in Jesus' name from every, across every sea, across every region. I just pray that you would reveal, you would show, you would showcase your goodness and your glory to this beautiful couple in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, you know, uh, it was so fun. What an honor. I just, I love how God works little random connections. Your mom's here. I have not had the privilege to meet your mom until just this morning. And uh, darling, what, is, is that your name? Dar- Darlene. Darlene, either way, I like it. Uh, you know what? We're both from the same area, Minnesota, and, and they pastored and ministered for years. And my great-grandpa, his name was T.J. Jones, was one of the Bible college teachers at the Assemblies of God School there in Minnesota. And she remembers him and, and said that her husband's favorite Bible teacher was my great-grandpa. So, wow. What? What? This is ridiculous. Only God does that stuff. This is just those little things where God just shows off and says, I got you. I love you. Let me make a few connections. Let me work it out. And so I think it's so, so fun. And first kind of got connected with Jordan, uh, the legend. And uh, 
first reach out and 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 kind of open up the the conversation to to come up here and be able to serve with you guys and you know um I, I just, man, I just, as I'm praying, I just felt God kept speaking to me about you guys. And so I just, I just felt like, Jordan, God just want to say to you, remind you that you have sacrificed and served so beautifully to build his house. And God is looking after your house. God is building, God is building your home, not just a physical house, although I believe that God is bringing that. Uh, your home, your family, your future, uh, your spouse, everything. God is orchestrating. God is seeing. God is aligning. And so I just think he just wants to just remind you, thank you. He's so pleased with what you've done to, to seek him first. And God's building your life. Amen. Jesus name. All right. I'm going to get into Matthew chapter 5 in just a few moments, and then I'm going to preach, and then we're going to pray over a few few uh, areas. I just feel like God wanted to minister to a couple specific things as well before we get done today. But um, I'm going to get into Matthew chapter 5 in a moment, but i got to introduce my family to you real quickly. I think they may have a photo of them. This is, this is the fam. Uh, this is my beautiful wife, Katie, there, and we have been married a little over 15 years. Hello. I know you're shocked. I don't look that old, but um, just at least pretend like you're shocked. And um, so a little over 15 years, and she's amazing. And I got a chance to be her armor bearer yesterday. She was preaching and teaching at a, at a conference yesterday in L.A., and so I got to carry her Bible and latte and then uh, jump on a plane after she was done and fly up here, so it's been fun. And this is my girls, uh, my, my first two beautiful disciples and uh, loves of my life. On my left in the photo, Mercedes, my eldest, she's nine now. She is an artist, an absolute uh, just artistic fiend, and God has really gifted her in that way, and just a beautiful spirit. And then my uh, crazy, uh, cheeky, wild one there on the far right on mom's side, her name was Kenzie. And um, I kind of gave a prophetic word over her uh, in her name. Kenzie uh, it means fiery princess, and that is what she is. And so uh, I'm, I'm excited to I'll be getting, getting back home to them later on tonight. But um, it just it's such a joy to see God's goodness and favor uh, on us. And as you can see, the Lord has brought us from Minnesota to California. Come on, somebody. The promised land. And uh, you can take that photo down now. Otherwise, no one will pay attention to me. Okay. <laughs> um, and actually, uh, then that I got here and, and the sticker on your back of your window is a Seahawk. I lived in Seattle for 13 years. I know that may not carry a lot of love here. This may be more like Raider, uh, 49ers. Rams, I, I, no, you wouldn't do Rams. Boo! Good, I'm with you on that. I was glad to see the Patriots take them out. Did any of you guys see that awesome scripture about the goat taking out the ram that spread around social media? Anyways, that was great. It was a prophetic victory by the goat, Tom Brady. Okay, praise God. Let's get into the word. Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. Let's get into the word and then we'll pray and see see what God's going to do here. Matthew chapter 5 verse 14 says this. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill that cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way... Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father who is in heaven. I believe that God wants to remind us what we carry. He wants to remind us who we are this morning. Let's pray and then we'll get into it. Holy Spirit, thank you for revealing your word to us this morning. You're the author, you're the inspirer of of the word of truth. And so God, I pray that you would reveal it to us, make it come alive in our spirit, give us wisdom, give us boldness to respond to it. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. Let me kind of unpack this verse a little bit. 
Such a powerful scripture. Jesus is unpacking some things. He's, he's teaching us about the kingdom. He's, he's unveiling something new. He's, he's bringing some new authority to the mix. And he begins with, I think, a pretty unreal statement when he says, you are the light of the world. Now, what a declaration. This is Jesus. This isn't one of the disciples saying that. It's the Messiah, the Savior that was come, the one they've been waiting for. And I can imagine maybe the disciples then, like I kind of felt when I was first engaging with this scripture, wait a second, isn't, isn't Jesus the light of the world? You know, wouldn't that be him? I thought he was the light of all life. I thought he was the light that had come. I thought he was the hope. I thought that was... Jesus, why would Jesus then turn to the disciples and tell us, tell them you're the light of the world? Isn't that his job? And the reality is, yes, Jesus is the light that came. He is the source of all light. He is the light of men. But then he did what I call delegated light. He delegates that to you and me. So Jesus comes, brings light, brings hope, and now turns to his disciples, you and me, and says, now it's, it's your turn. Now I'm putting my light inside of you and I'm sending you out. I'm sending you into your world. I'm going to all the world and make disciples. All that kind of statement is coming out of this reality that Jesus is the light of the world. But then for whatever reason, God has chosen to work through us. And he says, now tag, you're it. Now you go. Now you're the light. There's a verse that I love that describes God's intention to work through us. In 2 Corinthians 5.20, I love this. It says, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. I love this. As though God were making his appeal through us. Someone say, through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Man, what a, what a reality. That God of heaven and earth has made the decision that he's going to work through us. That his plan to reach humanity is actually with you and me in mind. Yes, and all of our issues and all of our frailties and all of our weaknesses and all of our mistakes and all of our shortcomings and all of that, God chose to use you and to use me to, to bring the message of hope to the earth. You know, some may go, man, why doesn't God do something When's God going to say something? When's God going to show up in a city or a region or an environment or a government or what? Is God going to? He has. He sent us. He sent you. He sent you individually. He sent you as a church. This church is not just here because it was the best place in the region to put a location. You guys are here as a response of heaven to the cry of this city, Right? You got, come on, anybody believe that? You're, you're here as a response. You see, God is trying to bring light to all of planet Earth, and he uses you and me as the, as the carriers of that light and sends us into our city. So you and me are not just here on accident. See, too many times the devil tries to get in our ear that we're just kind of going through motions that, oh man, I wish I could get out of this situation or maybe a job or maybe whatever, maybe a career, maybe a certain environment. And I just want to propose to us this morning that you are not where you are as an accident, as a byproduct. God has you on assignment to be light carriers to your area. Your city needs you. Your workplace needs you. Your family needs you. This region needs you. Like the prophetic word, there in that video, God is using this church as a city on a hill, as a light to this region. God has designed you guys, handcrafted you guys as a response to this city, as a response to the cry of the people of this city. We're not just a weekly glee club where we come together and sing some songs. This isn't Christian karaoke, right? That's not why we're all just here. No, I love to worship. I'm down with it. You know what I'm saying? An hour, you know, longer. I don't. I can worship, right? Like I love that. But it isn't just about a sing along. It's about what God does in these moments. It's about what God does in His church, His people. To then we go out and we are the light of this city. Amen. This is a common theme if if you think about it throughout biblical history. God responds by sending an individual or a group of people as a response to the cry of people. Amen. Moses, right? 
the oppression of the Jewish people. Moses is a response, right? He's, he is the response of heaven. Man, isn't God going to do something? He did. He sent Moses to bring deliverance to the people. Gideon, another response of the oppression of that time. Gideon is this response. He's the unlikely choice. He's the one who God shows up and calls him a mighty man of valor while he's hiding in a wine press cellar threshing wheat. I mean, this guy has the absolute opposite of mighty man of valor. But God shows up and uses this guy because he's going, listen, I'm going to bring deliverance through this this individual, through this tribe, through this least of these kind of group. Uh, another one is a response. Samson is a response. A lot of times, God, God is initiating his plan through the people of God as a response to the pain, brokenness, oppression, and, 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 and struggle of a city or a region. Esther is another response. Esther, what an what a incredible story that is. What, what a, she's like the first Wonder Woman of the Bible. I mean, just, Esther shows up in this scene. She's the unlikely choice. And amongst all of the, the, the fairest maidens of the land, she gets chosen. And Esther gets ascended as the queen of the land. And she's a Jew in the middle of a hostile territory to the Jewish people. And it's this crazy scene. And then all of a sudden, the plot, gets found out that Haman, the, the evil villain in the storyline, is attempting to take out all of the Jewish people. So Mordecai gets word, his, her cousin gets word to Esther, you got to do something. And Esther, understandably in the era in that time, she was not just allowed to enter the king's court to, to say anything. Talk about male chauvinism. It was, it was a difficult situation, right? She wasn't just allowed to go in. If the king wasn't having a good day, he could have her executed for coming into the palace room without being invited, right? You know, so sometimes guys are like that when they watch football. You know, don't come in. You know, I need uninterrupted. <laughs> come on, somebody. Well, that might be a word for a couple of you guys out there. But she's noticeably and understandably a little bit worked up and and she goes man i can't go in there and her cousin comes back with kind of the iconic line about you're here for such a time as this but the other thing that he says to her that is so powerful is he says to her esther if you remain silent at this time it's it's a powerful line in that narrative so listen there's there's a there's an issue that's going on here there's a, a a people that need to be saved and if you remain silent esther he goes, deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place, but you and your household will perish. And I think it's this reality that, that man, sometimes we, we get so caught up in thinking like, oh, I, I, is it my place to say? Is it my place to stand up, to, to, to be light in a situation? I, I don't know if, you know, even if we disobey God. He's got a big enough ultimate plan to work his ultimate ends in society. But if you and me choose to remain silent, if you and me choose to not carry the light that God has called us to carry, then the people that God designed you and me to bring the hope to, to bring the grace to, to introduce to Jesus may end up perishing and never knowing Jesus. I don't want to say that to try to bring some big condemnation on us, but just to remember that silence is not an option for the kingdom of God. The people of God cannot remain silent, cannot remain silent when oppression and, and issues and drama and abuse is, is happening, and ultimately just people who are far from Jesus. People who don't know him, we can't remain silent. We must say something. We must step up. I've loved seeing how the church stood up with the current you know, laws that, were passed in New York around abortion. I love that we saw the kingdom of God rise up and, and use their voice. That's not the only place we need to be using our voice, but it's an important one, right? We can't remain silent. The time for silence is over. The time to, to just sit back and be a passive bystander of a, a group of Christians is long over, right? Come on. If we remain silent, Man, what could happen? What could happen if... I don't even want to think about that. I just want to say, God, use us, right? Use us. So Esther, of course, steps up, grabs the courage, steps in, saves the people. She's a response in advance 
to what was going on. You are where you are because God has commissioned you. Don't think of your workplace as an obligation. Think of it as an assignment. Don't think of your community as, ah, think of it as an assignment. That doesn't mean you're going to be where you are the rest of your life, right? That doesn't mean the job you have is going to be the one job you have the rest of your life. But while you are where you are, you are on assignment from heaven to be light to that area, to be light to your boss, to be light to your coworkers, to be light to those in your college, to be light in every sphere that God brings you. Amen? We are a response. David was the same. And of course, ultimately, Jesus. Jesus is the response of heaven. He is the response of heaven to to the hurting, broken, disconnected humanity, lost in our sin, lost in our brokenness. And Jesus comes to earth. He is for God so loved the world that he gave. He responded. He he was never going to settle. For us and him to be dis that's the thing I love about Jesus. It just what what a what a beautiful response he was, right? While we were still in sin, while we were still in our brokenness, he came and he responded. But then now he turns to you and me and says, Now you're the light, right? All authority on heaven, in heaven and on earth has been given to me, Jesus says, and then he delegates it to you and me. He says, Now go. He gives it to the church. So the church isn't just a place we come to and gather once a week. It's who we are. We are the called out ones. We are the body of Christ. We are the ones that God is asking to go and bring this message of reconciliation. This message that, hey, even though we're in sin, we don't have to stay distant from our Father. Through Jesus, we get to come close again. How many know that's some good news? Amen. That's some good news. So God has, has given us this mission and this mandate that God works to bring light through us. Because if, if all we do is let our light shine inside the church building, that's great to stir each other up, but the light's got to go out there, right? The light's got to go out into the streets. The light's got to go out into our community and let our light shine, right? So let me talk a little bit. Uh, about these two kind of like analogies that Jesus is giving here that I think will help us better understand how God wants to use us in, in this way. Because you remember a lot of times in, throughout biblical narrative and especially with Jesus as well, they'll tell multiple stories to illustrate the same concept. If you remember in Luke chapter 15, Jesus is trying to help get across the very important message that we have a father who loves us and, and would do anything to get close to us again, right? So he tells a story of the sheep that's lost. The shepherd goes out, finds it, brings it home. There's a party. Then the lost coin, it's a very valuable coin. This lady searches high and low to finally find the coin, brings it home. And then the parable uh, of of the the prodigal son or the lost son. And so each of these stories is, is illustrating a concept that God loves us and wants to be close to us. But so this is what Jesus is also doing in this passage is he's giving us a couple analogies here, analogies to help us understand better what he's talking about. So he says, we're like a city on a hill that can't be hidden. We're like a lamp that's set up high. So what is he talking about here? You know, you know, from, from an ancient time, just if you basically, you know, think about the, the reality of building cities, you know, there's some military advantage to having your city kind of on a, a higher vantage point. But also, there's not, there's not GPS back then, right? There was, there was no Google Maps. There was no, you know, whatever, you know, Apple Maps. There was no, you know, anything like that. So part of the intentionality of building a city on a hill that couldn't be hidden is that from a long way off, I'd be able to see where I was trying to get going. I'd be able to find my way home. So even if I'm traveling a ways away, even if I'm at a distance, the city will remain above the horizon line so I can keep navigating my way back home. That even when I'm a long ways away, I'll be able to see home and I'll be able to find my way back there, right? And so when Jesus is saying to you and me that we're like a city that's on a hill that can't be hidden, he's going, listen, I've put you in a way, I've designed you in a way that even from a long ways away, that humanity can see you and find a way back to Jesus, amen? They can find the way back home, right? That's, why, that's how God designed us to be this, this city on a hill. We're not going to be hidden, 
We, we, we can't be hidden because God's saying, listen, I need to use you guys so that, that people who are far away, people who are at a distance, even from a distance, that can see your life and they'll be able to find their way back home to the Father, right? He, he set us up this way. He's designed us as light that, that isn't hidden by all the circumstances. He's going to continue to put you in a place in, in, in areas where people who are distant, who are disheartened, who are disillusioned, who are confused, are going to be able to see your life and find the way back to Jesus. Amen? And then he, he goes on to kind of give the second part of that. He says, you're like, you're like a light. You're like a lamp, right? Let me just reread that again. He says, you're, you're like a lamp. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house, right? So if if you're an OG Christian or you've been around Christianity long enough, there's one song that's coming to mind, obviously, as we're reading this verse, This Little Light of Mine. I actually was singing that over FaceTime to my daughters this morning. I said, I'm preaching Matthew 5, so we're going to sing a little of This Little Light of Mine, right? And um, it, it's, it's a fun song, and it's a great reminder of all these different things. And, and when it... When it comes to this scenario, he's just given us a basic example here. In a pure lamp standpoint, even in current modern day, you wouldn't, if you're needing to light up a room, you're not going to buy a lamp and put it on the floor in the corner, unless you're just looking for a little ambient backlighting. You know what I'm saying? But that's not going to help you with lighting the room up. So if you're going to use a lamp, you're elevating the lamp as high as you can. You're putting it at a place that can illuminate what's already in the room. And that's one of the things that we need to understand that part of our job as, as Christ followers, as the church, as the body of Christ, is that God is putting us in this city to illuminate what's already there. What's already there, it's the path to Jesus, right? The, the, the pathway to come back to the Father is already available. It's already been made. The way has already been paved through Jesus Christ. And God is looking for you and me to let our light shine so that we can illuminate that path because we have a world that's broken, dark, hurting, lost, lonely, and, and they are like, you, you, ever, you ever been walking around your house in the dark before you could find a light switch, and you just like ram your shin on like a coffee table or something like that? Lord Jesus, how many of us have been there? Come on, somebody, right? And that's when you find out, you know, what real words on the inside of you? Come on, somebody. And... Um, and you hit a coffee table, and you hit your head on something, and it just, you know. And, and the world is like that. The world is, is walking in darkness. The world is bumping their head against things, and it's creating confusion. It's creating unnecessary pain, right? When the world is dark, when the world is, is, doesn't have illumination, it, it's, it's bumping its head against everything. Nothing's working. Nothing's a remedy. Nothing meets the pain. Nothing, uh, you know, nothing satisfies the hunger. Nothing meets it. But that's why you and me are here, right? Because we have the light of Jesus Christ. And we can illuminate the world and we can help people find the path back to Jesus again. Amen? We can help people find the way back to him. We're, we're like a lamp. Don't... Don't, you know, it, it's funny that that scripture, right, it says, or not, not the scripture, the song, you know, hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. And then the last one, don't let Satan it out, right? Yeah. I'm going to let it shine. You know, God, God is wanting to use us as a light in our world. God is wanting to illuminate, right? Um, uh, using you and I to, to really illuminate the path back to Jesus. Uh, Matthew, I'll read the rest of that again. In the same way now, it says, let your light shine. So this is what he's ultimately getting to. Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So why do we shine? Not to just draw attention to ourselves, right? We shine so people can see Jesus. Well, we let this light of heaven come through our life so that people can see, 
so people can find the way back to the Father. Sometimes it's weird when everyone's like so, so nervous and get, even in religious environments, it's, it's easy where we get nervous. Well, I'm not trying to, you know, step out. I'm not trying to succeed or prosper or, you know, get too out there. Or I'm not trying to get noticed in anything. And it can sometimes become a false humility because we think that uh, shrinking back is somehow bringing honor to God. But actually, God is trying to elevate you. If, if there's ideas in you, create. If there's a book in you, write. If there's a song in you, sing it. If there's something on the side of you, produce. If, if you're an employee, excel. If you're a boss, be a great manager and leader of people. Whatever God has put you to do, he's going to cause you to excel so that people can see that. People will see your good deeds. People will see the life that God has called you to live. And, and it will ultimately bring glory back to Jesus. It will ultimately bring honor and glory back to him. You know, in, in our lives, let's talk a little bit about some ways that we can let our light shine. How do we really shine this light? Because you and me are, are a response of heaven to the brokenness of this, this city, and God needs you. So one of the ways, first, of course, is that we love. Love is the primary way that the light of Jesus shines through our life. It's the love of God. It's the love of God. It's that no strings attached kind of love, right? And it's, it's first Jesus says that the world outside of here is going to know that we are followers of him by the love, first of all, in here, right? So let's be good at loving each other in here. Let's be good at forgiving each other in here, right? You know, just because we're Christians don't mean we're not humans and doesn't mean that we aren't going to have drama sometimes with each other. Doesn't mean that sometimes someone's going to offend you. Doesn't mean that some, you know, when I talked about Seahawks, some of you got offended. You know what I mean? So <laughs> it's an example, forgive quickly, you know. But you know, genuinely, one of the most beautiful ways to show the love of Jesus is to forgive, right? Is that when somebody in, in, in your world around you has hurt you, has misused you, has mistreated you, and you forgive anyways, man, it's like shooting this, just this beam of light out of the inside of you that illuminates a path back to Jesus. It's just something about it. And in a world that's so performance-driven, love beyond performance. Love before people do all the right things. Love before everyone proves their worth and their worthiness. Love people. Love people where they're at. Accept people before they earn it. Love people, right? This is the gospel. This is how Jesus loves, right? And, and, and in a world that's about tolerance, obviously I'm not talking about loving without truth, but I am talking about accepting everybody as the valued son and daughter of heaven, right? And we love people and we bring them close and we get to introduce them to, to the way of the kingdom. We get to introduce them to Jesus. But it's the love of God and it's forgiveness. Man, you know what? Sometimes this is one of the hardest commandments in the Bible is to forgive people. Because people have hurt. People have misused. People have mistreated. But it's one of the most Christ-like things that we get to do on earth. Because that's what Jesus did. In all of our sin, in all of our, you know, towards heaven, Jesus forgave us. And, and wiped the, clates, the slate clean. I mean, it's unbelievable what Jesus did. And so when we forgive, we forgive our spouse when we forgive our friends, when we forgive in this community, when we forgive at work, when we forgive somebody who cheated us maybe out of money. We forgive a business partnership gone wrong. We forgive, you know, there's all kinds of different ways that maybe, you know, in a Silicon Valley like this, maybe you had that invention first and somebody swiped it. That's real, right? So what are you going to do? Will you forgive Will you be able to find grace, right? Let the love of Jesus shine through that. Keep illuminating the path back to him. Uh, when we love, when, when we really allow the love of Jesus to come through our life, that's when everything shifts. That's when the, the light of Jesus Christ is, is illuminated into our city. Um, here's another way that we let the light of Jesus shine through us is through authenticity. Living authentic. And let me just kind of explain this a little bit. Because one of the things that, that Christians 
can, can get kind of this reputation of, and it's not always us. Sometimes the world just, you know, may want to hate, you know, but, you know, being judgmental or being, you know, like frauds or uh, being hypocrites, all these kind of statements that can be said. And the reality is that sometimes we get this false narrative in our own hearts that because I follow Jesus, that means that I have to be perfect or I have to pretend to be perfect. Now, do I pursue a life of holiness? Absolutely. Do, do I pursue that with everything I have? Absolutely. But any one of us pretending as if we have arrived at some level of perfection is such a dangerous path for us to walk on because inevitably we're going to fall and then we'll have to start living in this cycle of deception, of pretending this facade of religious perfection. And you know what that does? It ends up actually blocking the light that God intended to shine through us in the first place. You know, uh, I love great blackout curtains like in hotel rooms or even in your home so you can just, or your bedroom so you can like really just enjoy some nice, uh, quiet, dark sleep, right? And, but religion ends up basically putting like a blackout shade on the light that God put on the inside of you. And when we live in this kind of religious facade, it's like having a light, but no light is getting out. No one's getting helped by a couple cliche Christianese statements at work rather than going actually just living authentically the life God has called you to live, right? Everything doesn't have to be bless God, praise God, hallelujah, I'm blessed and highly favored, too blessed to be stressed. You know what I'm saying? Like, we don't need to talk like that. You know what I'm saying? I am blessed. <laughs> I am highly favored. But, you know, sometimes life happens and I'm going through something. And one of the most beautiful ways that we get to shine the light of Jesus is to find, have a peace in a storm that the world doesn't know how to have, right? And even when I'm going through something, when, if I have a certain calm on me, if I got a certain grace on me in the middle of tragedy, then that shines light brighter than me just kind of pretending like I got no problems, I'm not dealing with anything, I'm immune to issues, I'm some sort of superhero, superhuman that doesn't feel emotions, like that doesn't help anybody. It's okay for people to see you bleed, so to speak. It's okay for people to see you cry, but it's just that you're going to get a chance to point them to a greater hope in the middle of your storm right? It's like that song. We're, we're going to sing in the storm. We're going to worship in the storm. We're going we're gonna to have a different peace, right? The disciples were just freaking out in the boat because there's a storm. Jesus is like, what's, what is your problem? Y'all, y'all forgot who I am. <laughs> if I'm in the boat, this thing ain't going down. So everybody needs to chill out, right? So then he speaks peace to the storm, but you and me, get a chance to live in such a way that as we go through life's ups and downs, we face different circumstances in life and areas of finance or health or relationships, different things that we navigate. We get to showcase the goodness of God by living a life of peace, a life of grace, a life of hope, even in the face of difficulty. And that is one of the most beautiful things because the world doesn't have that peace. The, the, world, the world has storms, we have storms, but we have somebody else in the boat that they don't have. And so we get a chance to showcase that in a way, rather than you know, putting religious you know, statements and facades over it, we can just be authentically honest about how we're living out this life, but we can have victory in Jesus. We can have a different faith declaration. I would say this, having Jesus doesn't change the storm, it changes how you talk to the storm. You know what I'm saying? Right? So it changes my dialogue about the storm. It, it changes how I think, and now I can speak to the storm in a different way. And absolutely, we can make the, 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 the storm calm in the name of Jesus. Amen? But don't, don't feel like you have to live an air of perfection. Actually, it's, it's your vulnerability that attracts people to Jesus. There's something about that um, when people realize that you're human too. You know, um, regardless of your, your political you know, mindset around it, um, uh, our president tweeted out something about the Bible. And he was like, I want the Bible in schools. I'm a fan of that. Sounds good. 
Then someone responded with a kind of reply tweet to it that was against him and whatnot, and just kind of said, oh, wow, you know, having the, you know, the Playboy, porn star, blah, 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 listed out, you know, you know, however many wives, but lists out kind of his rap sheet of sin. And all of that was then to qualify why this is the least likely person that should be talking about the Bible. And my pastor brought up brilliantly said, what this person didn't realize is how beautifully they were showcasing the gospel. <laughs> is that actually it's that exact person why we're so thankful for Jesus, right? It's, it's the fact that even in my dysfunction and my sin and my brokenness and my history and my rap sheet and all of the stuff that could be stacked against me, I, am, I need the gospel. I need the Bible. The Bible isn't for perfect people. The Bible isn't for all those who've got it all figured out and don't mess up. It's for all of us as humans who deal with things and walk through things and, and as we live this authentic life, man, you're just gonna allow, you're just gonna see the light of Jesus shine through your life. Don't, don't be afraid. And, and here's, here's the challenge. Here's one of the things that the enemy loves to, to get us, to, to, to get us to believe that we shouldn't let our light shine because of sin that, that we've done. And I'm not just talking about maybe the sin from 10 years ago. I'm talking about last week's sin. I'm talking about last week's anger burst at, at work. I'm talking about you were hanging out and celebrating a buddy's birthday and you had a few too many. And all of a sudden you're like, man, how could I invite a friend to church? How could I share my faith when I've messed up, when I've found myself in sin as well? And the enemy will try to get us to believe this lie that you have to be perfect to let your light shine, Right? Now, again, the Bible is not a license to sin. We know that. But there's, there's, a, there's a grace here that has to understand. I'm not letting my light shine only on perfect days. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I'm not just being a light for Jesus when I haven't sinned for a solid seven days. Now I kind of get like my fresh, like, you know, light of the world card. And as long as I remain sinless, I can keep shining my light. And that's one of the biggest ways that the enemy can stop the church from letting that light shine because he gets us to believe that, yeah, I, I can't talk about Jesus because of what I did, because of what I said, because of how I acted, because of how I treated somebody. Man, I, you know, I, I cheated the system here. I, I messed up there. I wasn't, you know, didn't have grace with my kids or my wife. How, how could I possibly... And, and you know what? That line of thinking comes from the thought that it was my perfection that earned my way to Jesus in the first place. But I'm so thankful that's not, why we came. That's not how we got grace. <laughs> we got grace because of what Jesus did on the cross. Because of how he, he saved us and changed us and did something on the inside of us. And so now through the Holy Spirit, my life goes from glory to glory. And, 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 and hopefully the sin I was caught up in last year, I'm not caught up in this year, right? Hopefully my life is maturing and I'm on this journey, but don't let, don't let the, don't let Satan it out, right? Don't let him get you thinking that you're not qualified. You know, the only, only people who can let their light shine are the preachers. They're the ones who got it all together and got it all figured out. False, <laughs> false, right? Any preacher that pretends like they've got it all figured out is a concern. <laughs> I'm concerned about that guy or girl, right? You even got Paul who just, he just knew. He's like, man, he's like one of the greatest apostles that lived. He's like a hero, but he's talking about all of his issues too. He's like, man, the things I don't want to do, I do. The things I do want to do, I don't. God help me. Right? And that's my testimony. I'm thankful that I grew up in a great environment where God's grace was on me and I got taught to love and serve Jesus from a young age. And, um, and I get to carry on my great grandpa's uh, legacy in, in, in preaching and teaching the word of God. But I'm not, I got issues. <laughs> you know, I've got temptation. I've got shortfallings. I've got things where I'm facing, going, man, why, why did I treat my wife like that? 
Man, why did I yell at my kids? Uh, I know none of you guys do that, but... Um, And here I am supposed to be the light of the world, and I, I've got issues. And, and I'm telling you what, just don't let the enemy take you out like that. Know that wherever you're at, whatever your situation, he loves you. He's put his light on the inside of you, and he's asking you to let your light shine so that others can see Jesus. Amen? Amen. I'm going to invite the band to come up. Give the people some hope. That I'm closing. <laughs> you know, um, the last thing, one of the ways that we let our light shine is through passion. You know, we, we saw a little passion come out when we started talking about our football teams. You know, you get me started on a good dessert, passion's going to come out. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Love me some dessert. Is there BJ's restaurants up here in this area? Can I just take a quick praise break for Pazookies? Come on, somebody. <laughs> Right? Like, I love that stuff. <laughs> if I wasn't a preacher, I'd probably a dessert, like, QVC dessert salesperson or something like that. <laughs> Come on. You see a good movie, you're going to talk about it. You know what I mean? You have it, and you know what? Passion in your relationship with God. Each and every one of us have different personalities. Some of us are more reserved. Some of us are more outgoing. And so it's not about everybody trying to be one cookie cutter Christian personality. Be you. But no matter what your personality style is, that doesn't mean that you can't have a passion about what Jesus has done in your life. And when I'm passionate about something, I talk about it right? When I'm passionate about it, I'm going to say something about it. And this is how the gospel is going to spread as, as a, a wildfire in the city, is that when a group of people like this who've encountered the love of Jesus, who've seen healings, who've seen their life get set free and delivered and transformed and encountered the presence of God, who but us to get passionate about what Jesus has done, right? And to let our light shine in that way. You know, I love, there's a great story where there's a man who's severely demon-possessed uh, in the Bible, and Jesus beautifully sets him free. He, you know, literally the demon identifies himself as legion, so it's, it's a whole gang, gang load of demons that are messing with this dude. He's so tormented, and Jesus sets him free. It's, it's a beautiful thing. And then Jesus and the disciples are getting the boat to leave. And naturally... In Mark 5.18, it says, As Jesus is getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. And Jesus did not let him, but said, Go home to your own people. Tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. That's, that could be a theme verse for our life, right? Just in your world, in your workplace, in your literal home, in everywhere that God sends you, just tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he's had mercy on you. Sometimes that term evangelism can freak us out. Like, ah, I didn't go to Bible college. <laughs> I don't have the Romans road memorized. Uh, whatever. Just tell people. If Jesus did something in your life, tell people about it. I even say in a simple way, you know, when someone on Monday says, how was your weekend? Just don't exclude this part. Because Sunday, you're like, oh, yeah, I went to the game, did this, blah, blah, blah. Saturday's like a gap, or Sunday's like a gap you don't talk about because you're nervous. Like, don't do that. Just include it as a part of your life because it is, because Jesus is such a central part of who you are. It says, man, I was at church. Man, it's so good. Preaching was next level. Uh. <laughs> or, you know, whatever. Whatever you want to say. Just spitballing some potential scripting ideas for you guys. Um, tell people. Let them know. You know, I, even as a preacher, I still have to navigate this. There's this weird fear of man thing where we get nervous. What are people going to say? What are people going to think? And, of course, when you're flying, you sit next to each other, and it's like one of the first people, people say, hey, what do you do? Uh, I have two choices. One, you know, call myself a motivational speaker. <laughs> to try to sideline that conversation or just be honest. I'm a pastor, I preach, and man, it'll instantly open up all kinds of conversations. 
But I always have this feeling like, like if I say motivational speaker, I'm going to start hearing some roosters start crowing. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> Peter denying Jesus. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, hello. I could title this message, Stop the Rooster from Crowing. You know what I'm saying? Like just, let's talk about him. He saved us. He set you free. If he's done anything good in your life, let people know. Let them know. Come on. I'm going to close with this. You know, a little while back, I had, I had lost my cell phone. And after crying and kind of working through that, <laughs> come on, somebody know, you know what I'm talking about, right? You're like, oh, God, what do I do, you know? I realized, oh, yeah, I've got the laptop connected, the find your phone feature. So I'm like, I think it's in the house. I'm not sure. So I go to the laptop, and uh, I click find the phone, right? And what it does is once you click that, it begins to sound a consistent tone, kind of on a rhythm, until you find it. And so the sound begins to come, and, you know, you're like, everybody quiet, you know, like you're, trying to listen for I hear I hear I hear you're like running around the house you know putting your ear to the ground you know just trying to find this thing and it finally keeps leading me a little closer a little closer a little closer this sound just keeps coming keeps coming keeps coming until finally it's like underneath my bed like it was just this rant I don't know if my kids chucked it under there I don't know how it got like way under my bed but it's way under my bed and I finally found it and I just thought man you know what that's such a great picture. We, we have a lost world. We have a lost world that's looking for hope. They're f- trying to fill some void. They don't even know what it is. And you and me as a church get to shine our light or, or emit this consistent sound, this consistent sound of love, the sound of hope, the sound of victory, the sound of passion, the sound of truth. We get to keep admitting it little by little. Just stay consistent. Keep letting your light shine. Keep letting God work through your life. And as you keep letting that come through, little by little, it's going to People around you, they're gonna they're gonna hear it. They it won't they won't know which room quite yet, but they're gonna eventually it's gonna lead them to Jesus. Eventually, the light of Jesus is gonna help bring them home. Eventually, the light that is coming out of your life is gonna illuminate the path to Jesus. I'm telling you what, you guys are the answer to this city. You guys are a response of heaven to this city. Come on, God wants to use you to reach this region and beyond the surrounding community. God is going to uh, put you in the right places at the right time. And all you got to do is let your light shine. Let your light shine so people can see Jesus. Amen. If you receive that word, why don't you give God a hand clap of praise. I'm going to invite you all to stand with me to your feet. I just want to pray with you, pray over you. Those of you here and you say, you know what, I want just reaffirm that. I want to say, God, use me to let my light shine in a fresh way. Just lift up your hands all around this room. Father, I just declare blessing and favor and goodness and grace, God. Lord, you love this church, this group, this local body that you've called and commissioned for such a time as this. Thank you, Lord. It's a house that refuses to remain silent. It's a house that reaches a city. It's a house that's going after lost people and bringing truth and healing and breakthrough to those in this region. So, Father, I pray that you'd use us. God, you know what? I'll admit to you, I've been, I've been the Peter that's denied you. And, God, forgive me, but, God, give me another chance to use my voice again. Give me another chance to shine my light in a dark place again. And I just pray. For every single one in this room, that you'd embolden them, you'd strengthen them with your spirit to be a witness, to be people who are bringing hope, who are the voice of strength, the voice of courage into their region. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. You now, with everybody's head bowed and eyes closed, I just I want to ask it such a crucial question before I go. You know, there may be one person in the room that. This applies to there maybe a dozen. I, I don't know. But the most important question every single one of us has to ask and answer is, 
who am I following? Who's, who's my Savior? Who's my leader? Who's my Lord? Right? And I wonder if, if there's anyone here, you say, you know what? Maybe you're newer to church. just been coming for a little bit. You've never yet made the decision to really follow Jesus, to put your faith in him, to receive the grace. I've been talking about grace. I've been talking about mercy. And you're like, man, I need some of that. You've never yet. Maybe you've been just coming out of obligation, but you realize, man, Jesus loves you. And he's, he's inviting you to receive his free gift of salvation. You just have to receive it here this morning. In a moment, I'm going to give you a chance to respond. Maybe it's, again, your first time or, you know, just been coming for a little bit. You said, this is my moment. I, I feel God speaking. I, I need to respond. I need, I need forgiveness for my sin. Or maybe you're in the room and you realize, you know what, I, I've done that in the past, but maybe you just feel away from God. You feel disconnected and distant. You feel like you've been kind of running and you just know God brought you here for this moment, for this time, and he's just calling you back home again. He's, you're kind of draw a line in the sand, so to speak, stepping across and say, come on, this is my moment. This is my day. This is where I really commit to following Jesus. So everybody evaluating your own life. You're, where are, you, are you right with God? Have you, have you allowed the grace of Jesus to, to really save you and get you on the right track? So on the count of three, I just want you to boldly lift up your hand. Let me know who I'm praying with this morning. This prayer of salvation, this prayer of, of grace, this prayer of freedom in Jesus' name. So on the count of three, if that's you, let me know who I'm praying with. One, two, three. Just go and lift up your hand. Let me know. Awesome. Anybody else that's you? Yep, great. Anybody else? Make sure I can see it. I don't want, I want to make sure I'm not missing anybody. Great. Anybody else? Yes, awesome. Great. So good. Just a couple more moments. Anybody else who say, this is your moment. Get your life right with Jesus. He loves you. You don't get right by doing all the right things to get right because Jesus is, is, is holy. Jesus is the one who paid the price for our sin. Anybody else, you, you don't want to leave here without making sure your eternity is set. You're right with him. Anybody else, lift up your hand. Wave at me. Let me know who I'm praying with. We're all going to pray in just a moment. So good. So good. There's quite a few of you guys who lift up your hand and Maybe you were about to even. But here's what we're going to do, all of us as a church together. We're going to pray this prayer of salvation and commitment. Those who raise your hand, I want you to pray with boldness and just confidence, knowing that he loves you. He's setting you free right here in this moment. So church, say, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for my sin and raise him from the dead to give me life today. I choose to follow you with all my heart for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's give it up for those who just made that decision. I need to, I need to turn it over here. For those of you who just prayed that prayer, they've got a great book called Following Jesus that just helps you in your next steps in your relationship with Christ. If you're newer to your faith, come see the team. They'd love to get this into your hands and help you guys walk out that journey. Church, let me just pray for one other thing, and then I'll turn it over. Are we good? I, sorry, I, I know we're all getting hungry. It's lunchtime. Come on, somebody. Somebody's going to have that pazuki. I can feel it. Just, just uh, receive just for a final moment. Anyone with a right shoulder injury in the room, anyone got right shoulder pain or injury, go ahead and lift up your hand. Okay? God, you speaking to me today about that. In the name of Jesus, be healed. Receive your healing in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Cartilage coming back right. Tendons coming back right. In the name of Jesus. God, you're releasing healing and strength in the name of Jesus. Lord, I just thank you for your touch. I just see God illuminating just such a fresh, a new sound over your life. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord. You just, man, you, you thought maybe you've shown bright at one level, and God is, a, he's like up in the wattage big time. God's amplifying your voice and what you're doing in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Um, we're, we'll expect to hear stories of the healing on your shoulder in Jesus' name, all of you guys. Amen. 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 Uh, I believe God wants to deal with maybe even some restlessness. Anyone uh, find yourself waking up at like at 3 a.m.? A lot. Not so, I feel like God showed me 
that time. Actually, the last two days, I never do this. The last two days, God woke me up at three o'clock. I was like, what is wrong? I thought, and I think it's for you guys right here. Some of you may even be specifically 312, but lift up your hand if that's you. You find yourself waking up a lot, maybe especially at three. Father, I declare rest, peace, healing in the name of Jesus. Come against anything that would sabotage or torment minds and hearts, anything that would keep them awake, any, any stress, God, that it's, that's messing with their sleep, rest in the name of Jesus. Rest in the name of Jesus. God, you're good and you're faithful. We love you and we thank you. We thank you. Last thing I just felt God tell me to pray for, anyone in the room who's trying to get pregnant, you guys, a couple, you want a baby. You've been believing for that. I just felt like God showed me nursery rooms that are left maybe empty, unused, beautiful decorations, porcelain dolls left unused. And God's saying he's going to fill that room. He's going to fill that room. If you specifically, I I don't want to put anyone on the spot, but if if you feel like that, or regardless of whether you raise your hand or not, I'm going to pray with you. If you believe that you're praying to get pregnant, I'm, I'm believing that God has got a word for you. You're going to carry a child in Jesus' name. Father, life come forth in the name of Jesus. God, increase and multiply in the name of Jesus. Womb, produce in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for beautiful testimonies of filled nursery rooms where there once was the pain of miscarriages, once was the pain of, of, of stories that shifted from the fairy tale. God, you are restoring and you're bringing healing in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Father, we love you. We love you. God, you're so good. Thank you for your goodness. I thank you, Lord, for this, this church, everything that you're doing here. I pray that you bless them. I pray you increase them. And I just want to just prophesy one last thing over, over my friends, over Andrew and Hannah, in the name of Jesus. I just feel like God's so pleased with how well you've parented your, your, your four beautiful children. I know it may not seem like a lot, but I just, I just wanted to say he's so pleased with how you've prioritized, how you've cared for, how you've led them. And God always promotes in the spiritual is that response to that, that natural situation. And because you've been so faithful with those children, his children, he's going to put you in charge of so much. And God's going to elevate the leadership and the ministry that God has on your life. Amen. Love you guys. Church, what an honor it's been. Bless you guys. Thank you, pastors. That was a great word. Let's be seated. Let's go take an offering here. And uh, we just want to bless Samuel. How many guys enjoyed that? Yeah, awesome. Thank you. Thank you. It's a great word. Uh, we're going to have the guys come up and receive an offering. Uh, more people give through PushPay these days. So if you want to go to the Convergence app and you want to just uh, just type in offering, and we just want to bless them. Amen. And then I'm going to have Pastor Andrew going to come up here, and we're going to move into some ministry time uh, in just a moment. So let's pray. Lord, thank you for Samuel. Thank you for his ministry. Thank you for his calling. Thank you for the word today. Lord, that we are the response to the world, and that we're going to let our light shine. Lord, thank you for giving him the grace to come. Thank you for the partnership that you're doing. And Lord, we just pray that we we just so generously as the Holy Spirit leads us. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Are you going to be here for a little bit? Yeah, you're going to be here because we're taking you somewhere. Okay. So uh, if you guys need ministry, uh, you know, Sam will be here for a few. And uh, he'll pray for you and bless you guys. Um, however way he has time to do that, um, for sure. Anyway, let these guys go around. Uh, Andrew, why don't you come on up, and then we'll move into some ministry time. All right, everybody, how you guys doing? Good. Hey, can I get the ministry team to come on up? If you're on the prayer ministry team, roll on up here. I had a couple of things uh, this afternoon. Um, I felt like uh, the Lord dropped in my heart uh, that there might be some people that are having a hard time walking in forgiveness. Like you want to see those uh, dreams and the vision over your life come into fruition, but you're having a hard time getting past your past. 
And uh, the Holy Spirit today is going to bring some breakthrough for you. Uh, but sometimes we need some help with that. Like we need some, we need some, uh, some guidance, and that's what we're here for. That's why the ministry team comes up to pray for you. Sometimes uh, we just need a little bit of a kickstart, and uh, you need to get some hands laid on you. And if that's you, uh, please don't leave without getting prayer. And another one was um, if you're struggling with sickness in your body, I felt like uh, there may be somebody thinking that this is the Lord's judgment on your life. And I want to declare the truth is that Jesus paid for all judgment. He took on the judgment for him, for all of us on himself. So um, if that's you as well, we don't want you walking out of this building believing any lie like that. So you're going to get some truth spoke to you this morning before you leave. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more messages like this, please subscribe and thank you for listening.